Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, hello, and welcome to my first ever episode of the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. I will be your semi-fearless leader and host, Rochelle Indra, and I am so excited to welcome you, whether you are here because you are a current coaching client, if you are on my wait list to become a client and you're thinking, hmm, this wait list is kind of long, is this going to be worth it? Let me check in. If you are one of my over 125,000 followers on TikTok. You know I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you are one of the badass women who is has signed up for the uh, Rebel Sisterhood membership starting in May, I'm so excited to go on this journey with you ladies. This is going to be amazing. So welcome to everybody and a special welcome to hopefully the cute guy at my workplace who may be checking in and thinking, God, should I really ask this girl out or not? Why don't I uh, check out her podcast and see before I ask her out. Uh, Welcome to you too, good sir. So before we get started on what we're going to be talking about today, which is boundaries with yourself, how to keep your word to yourself. I'm really excited about this topic. Um, I wanted to do it first thing, just in case for some reason, this is the only podcast um, episode that you listen to. I think this is such an important jumping off point. So I wanted to start with that. We're going to be talking about why it's in society's best interest that you do not have boundaries, even boundaries with yourself, uh, where this may come from, this inability to keep your word to yourself, and then what you can do about that. So definitely stick around. But I wanted to start, since it is our first uh, episode together, I wanted to start by talking about what you can expect as the listener from this podcast in general. First off, obviously, that I will be talking incredibly fast, so... Hope you can keep up with that. And that if you know me or follow me, you know that I have an incredibly dirty mouth. I swear like my mother was a sailor and my father was a trucker. And I tell inappropriate stories, inappropriate jokes. I have a very sexual sense of humor. So maybe this is not the podcast to listen to out loud at work. Maybe this is not the podcast to listen to with your children in the car. Just a little FYI there. Also, every time we are together, we are going to be talking about a new subject that, once again, I think should have been taught in school, but wasn't the things that we really need to know. Thank you so much, school, for teaching us about parallelograms. That has come in so helpful in my life. Not really would have loved to learn about communication in a marriage Really, that would have been incredibly helpful. Thank you, school, for teaching me that drugs are bad, but not teaching me why I may at some point want to escape reality and that harming my body might be worth it, in my opinion, because my reality is so unhappy. These are the things and many more that they should have been teaching us in school. Obviously, I can't get to the entire circumference of every issue in one podcast, 
right? Like these are big, multifaceted, really important, really in-depth things that we are going to be talking about. So I'm not going to be able to cover everything. The podcast will be incredibly long. Everybody is their own individual. So this is sort of a smorgasbord, if you will, partly because it's true and partly because I like to say smorgasbord. Um, or if you are younger, maybe charcuterie board is more your speed. But this is a buffet of things I think you need to know and have a right and deserve as a human being to know about. Even if society doesn't feel that way, fuck them. Middle finger in the air. I'm going to teach you. Others will teach you these really important things. And that's one of the things I wanted to make sure that I talk about is that I'm not the end-all be-all. I'm not the expert on absolutely everything we will be talking about. I'm just going to give you a taste of it. And if this is something that really resonates with you, if this subject that we are talking about um, every time we're together really hits you and you want to go more in depth about it, wonderful. I love that. And there are some phenomenal experts on every subject we will be talking about to help you dive deeper into that subject. So the wonderful and incomparable Shauna, my partner in crime, my second in command, if you are a current coaching client or you're going to be in the membership, you will get to know Shauna very well. I always like to say behind every strong woman is a stronger woman with um, a spreadsheet and mine is Shauna. So she will be putting in the show notes when possible other resources to go to to dive in deeper to the things that we will be discussing together here as a family. And so she's going to be putting in other podcasts by experts on this subject. She will be putting in TED Talks. She will be putting in books, research papers, whatever she can find of other experts diving in deeper because I never want you to leave here and think, oh God, Rochelle kind of got me started. Rochelle, um, got me so interested in this and I have so much to learn and this is opening up so much for me. Where do I go from here? I never want to leave you hanging. So um, there will be more on that after every episode. So just want to make sure before we dive in that you uh, know the lay of the land. Let's dive in. So today we are starting with keeping your word to yourself. And it came up for me sort of a light bulb moment that this is the first thing I wanted us to talk about when I was doing a TikTok live a while ago and a lovely young lady had said that um, she was really mad at um, a boyfriend because he didn't keep his word to her, that he said he was going to do this thing for her, said he was going to be here at this certain time and he wasn't there and he often does this to her. And her thoughts, right? The way her ego, that voice in her head, interpreted it was that he was a liar, that he didn't care about her, he didn't love her, her feelings didn't matter to him, her time didn't matter to him. And while that potentially could be true, what also could be true is that he cannot keep his word to himself. So often we make promises, right? We have all done this. We make promises um, that we fully intend to keep, but when time comes, it's not that we can't keep our word to other people. It's that we can't always keep our word to ourselves. And sometimes that just affects us, right? I have this issue when it comes to food, right? If it is in my house, um, if sugar is in my house, I cannot keep my word to myself that I won't eat it. Like I tell myself, oh, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to do it in portions or just have a little bit of a, a day and 
I don't keep my word to myself. And that is only affecting me. But so often our ability to keep our word to ourself affects other people because like that example, there is a potential that that man really, really felt like he was going to do that. That is what his intention was. He was going to be there for her. He was going to show up and it wasn't about her. It was about his own ability and himself. So I want to go in um, a little bit to society. And we are going to be in this podcast talking a lot about society and about how society has a vested interest in your unhappiness. I know that sounds really odd that society would benefit from you being unhappy, but it's true. Why does society benefit from you being unhappy? Because unhappy people buy more things. Unhappy people buy ways they think will make them happy. They buy things that will make them happy, whether it is a new dress, a new contraption, a new car, a new diet plan, a new book, whatever it is, we buy things that we think will make us happy. And why do we do this? We do this because they don't teach us proper tools, proper coping mechanisms in school. This is the crux of why I do what I do because it is viscerally unacceptable to me as a human being that we don't teach people proper tools for finding happiness, finding purpose, finding joy, finding self-esteem, finding our voice, figuring out who the fuck we actually are. We deserve that as human beings. But society is not going to teach us that because happy people don't buy as much. One of the things, spoiler alert, that I always uh, talk to my clients about and I talk to other coaches I mentor about is that everything comes down to self-worth. All of our issues come down to self-worth, to feeling unlovable, to feeling not loved, to feeling we are not worthy of love. And advertisers know that, right? They have a, a... huge pile of pile. They're human beings. Maybe pile isn't the right word, but they have a huge group of, you know, psychologists that tell them this, right? And then so advertisers play on our guilt, on our feeling that we are bad mothers, that we are bad partners, that we aren't attractive enough, that we aren't good enough, that we aren't rich enough, we aren't skinny enough, all these things. And so they sell us things. You're going to start noticing when you look at commercials now and advertisements, they're always selling Telling us ways out of fear, ways out of anxiety, ways out of depression, ways out of not feeling enough, ways that we could be successful. I mean, when you look at, I mean, they use sex, right, to sell everything, right? They use that you're going to be attractive, that you're going to be rich, that you're going to um, be happier than the person um, in the house living next to you, right? If you just have this one thing. And it's never enough. It never actually works. It's sort of like eating a giant bag of Doritos, which I have never done all by myself last night. Um, But it's that eating that entire bag, if it tastes so good when you're doing it, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, this is so great. And then you're done and you feel awful and you're still hungry. And then somehow next day you're still addicted to those Doritos and you go back for more because maybe this time right? It's the same thing with buying. And I'm not saying don't buy things. I'm not saying be a minimalist. I'm not saying, um, you know, live out in a teepee somewhere. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying be more aware of what is happening around you in society and that there are other ways to finding that happiness. 
and um, that self-worth that you deserve to have. So the ways, so you'll always find that in these podcasts, I will be talking a lot about how society is sabotaging your happiness, our happiness, and why I'm doing this podcast. And so when talking about boundaries, society has a vested interest in you not having boundaries. And we are just specifically today going to talk about boundaries with ourselves. There's boundaries with ourselves, right? Keeping our word to ourselves, and then there's boundaries with others. And we will be doing a completely different podcast on having boundaries with others. But today's is just the beginning first step. I'm sure we'll be doing more podcasts on this, but the first step of being aware of not being able to keep boundaries with ourselves. And society doesn't want us to have personal boundaries certainly doesn't want us to have personal boundaries at work. Because if we had personal boundaries at work, we wouldn't work weekends. If we had personal boundaries at work, we wouldn't stay late. We wouldn't come in early. We wouldn't work through our lunch break that we have a mandatory right to have, right? We wouldn't give away our fantastic ideas to our companies for free. We wouldn't go the extra mile if we had personal boundaries. So, it's in society's best interest that you don't have those boundaries because otherwise we can't work you to the bone to burn out and then dump you and hire somebody else to burn out as well. Society has a best interest that we don't have boundaries with our children, right? Because we have boundaries with our children. We wouldn't buy them as many things. We wouldn't have our guilt and our shame. And there's a podcast coming on mom shame, mom guilt, feeling like a bad mom. But if we had better boundaries with our children, we wouldn't feel that guilt and shame and therefore continue to buy. Unfortunately, we are still in a patriarchy. And please always know when I say that, I'm not saying that all men are bad. Um, Please never hear that in anything that I say. I'm just simply saying that we still live in a patriarchy where some men at the top still control things and still are trickling down the message to us that women are disposable objects. And then therefore, women's bodies are disposable objects that you get to have whenever you want. So it is also in the people at the top's best interest that you do not have boundaries with your body as a woman. And most of us women in our teens, 20s, sadly 30s, and hopefully not beyond, know that very, very painful thing very, very well. So that is another place where it is in society's interest that we don't have boundaries. Another one, ooh, boy, am I going to get some hate for this. I'm going to get some bad feedback. But we're going to talk about it anyways because that's what we do here on this podcast. I will never hold anything back from you guys. So we also have to talk about religion. Now, I have no problem with religion. I have no problem with religious people. Not at all. But I do have some problems with some aspects of some religions. And it is in the best interest of some religious leaders that you do not have any personal boundaries when it comes to your religion, when it comes to what you will do for your church or your synagogue or your temple or the people who work inside of it, the people who are in power inside of that congregation. It is in their best interest that you don't have boundaries in what you will monetarily give, in what you will volunteer in what you will physically give away, in how much you will work for free, in giving away your ideas similar to a workplace, right? So it is in some religion's best interest that you also do not have personal boundaries. So I wanted you to keep those things in mind going throughout your life of what boundaries you're giving away and who is 
asking you subliminally, subconsciously, passive aggressively, um, using guilt to make you not have boundaries so that you can then be taken advantage of. And our society is currently still set up that way. So people in power always have a vested interest in the people who don't have power not having boundaries. So that is why that's something that we are going to get into. Today, I want to give you that overall sort of background and understanding of how the cards are stacked against you and why school and society will never teach you how to have boundaries, but that you have an absolute inherent right as a human being to have boundaries. And I shouldn't even say human being. Animals have boundaries too, right? Like I, many of you know, I lost my beloved dog a couple of months ago and um, he was the love of my life. We were absolutely best friends um, and he was five pounds. So in some circumstances, it seems like I could do absolutely anything with him. I would take him in the shower with me. You're welcome. Too much information. Um, You know, I could uh, carry him anyways, anywhere. He would fit in my pocket sometimes. I mean, he's a tiny, tiny person, but he also had boundaries, I mean, there was times where even though he would let me do almost anything to him and fluff him around and put him in funny positions, there were times where he would snap back at me or move away from me because even this teeny tiny person who depended on me for everything still had his own boundaries, right? I, I, you deal with this all the time with animals of they still, no matter how much they love you, they will show you their boundaries, which is really important to remember that you also deserve to have your boundaries. So I want to get into now, because you might be thinking, oh God, I don't have enough boundaries. Oh God, I don't even know if I have any boundaries. Maybe thinking, fuck, dude, what are my boundaries? And that's good. That's what I want, right? That's what I want for these podcasts is just to have you start thinking about these things that you may not have thought about before, or you may not have thought as much about them before, um, you may think about them in a new way. And so it's okay if you're sitting and thinking, God, what are my boundaries? Do I have enough boundaries? Do I have the right boundaries? And the first thing to really start thinking about when it comes to boundaries, and I bring this up with clients all the time, is were you allowed to have boundaries as a child? Tell me your relationship with boundaries growing up. And for those of you who have not been in coaching before, those of you who have not been in therapy before, you will hear me talk a lot about your childhood and thinking back to your childhood. And I'll often get clients uh, coming in who haven't had, have been through the therapy process before. And they'll be like, why are you asking me about my childhood? And that's because our childhood is where we learn how the world works, right? Our personalities, <laughs> get ready for this, parents. Our entire personalities and identities are built by the age of five, meaning who we think we are in the world, who we are in the world, the facade we make up for ourselves to survive the world, how we think the world works is decided by five. So guess who is the one that are teaching us how the world works? It is our family. It is the people who are in our house. And so we talk a lot about mothers and fathers in that relationship. We will talk a lot about that uh, throughout these podcast episodes. But you can also be shaped by your siblings who live in a house with you or a step parent who lives in a house with you. Or perhaps you live in a home where uh, a grandparent lived 
with you all the time. Perhaps you lived in a home where your uh, single parent um, rented a room. And so you grew up at a very early age surrounded by other roommates, other people who rented parts of the house out that also, if they were there long term, can very much shape who you are. So when I talk about your childhood, remember that you know, if your childhood is not the, you know, stereotypical two parents and a a sibling at home, think about that, um, that environment as a whole. So we learn how the world works and, and about boundaries from our very, very early childhood. So I ask clients to, to think about this funny story. I often get clients coming to me and saying, Hey, our potential clients asking me, Hey, do you work on uh, time management? That's a common one people uh, will come to life coaching for, working on time management. And I always say, yes, absolutely. Now, do I have a bag of tricks to help you get 15 minutes more out of your day, uh, to be more efficient in your day, to get more out of each hour, each power hour of your life? Fuck now. Those things exist and there are books on those things. If you need those or want those, absolutely go out and grab one. When somebody sits down in my chair and asks about time management, I first say, so when as a child were you not allowed to have boundaries? And they just stare. Uh, what? <laughs> um, I came for you to teach me how to have a power hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great and all. But when as a child were you not allowed to have boundaries? Because time management is really about keeping your word to yourself. And if you grew up in a household where you were never allowed to have boundaries, how would you be able to keep boundaries with yourself? Meaning, you said no as a child, as a very small child. No, I won't do this. No, I won't go there. No, I won't eat this. No, this is gross and it's going to make me throw up if I eat it. No, I, I don't want you to pull on my arm. No, I don't want to wear this. No, 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 as kids do. And, you know, if you're a parent, you understand that not all no's are the ones you have to listen to, but some are, right? Some are their boundaries, And if you grew up in a home where you were not allowed to have those boundaries, if your parent just kept moving and and every time you made that boundary for yourself, your parent decided better. Your parent made you wear that thing you didn't like, made you eat that thing that made you throw up, made you be with that family member that you hated, never punished your sibling that hit you, then you would get the message that your boundaries don't mean anything. Why have boundaries if people are just going to push past them? Now, I talk with my clients about boundaries a lot because most of us don't have good ones. Um, Lots of us have been trained, especially if you're female or female identifying, listening to this, we were raised to not have boundaries. We were raised to be nice and to be helpful and to consider other people before we considered ourselves, which is all grooming for not having boundaries. Be the good wife, be the good employee, be the good mother, be the sweet sister, the whole thing. The the perfect wife, right? So when I talk to my clients about boundaries, I always use an example of a fence, a fence around yourself. And you make that fence as far away from you or as close to you as you want. And there's always a weak place 
in that fence, right? It's the gate. I always call it shaking the gate when somebody tries to push your boundaries. Um, I call it shaking the gate because they're looking, they're shaking the whole fence and they're looking for where your boundaries are the weakest. Um, And so they always find the gate and they'll try to shake that gate. And so you got to really lock it up tight Um, because sometimes you have boundaries for some people and not other people or some situations, not other situations. So it is important to have a gate. It is important to, um, I am not a fan of hugging. I don't like hugging people I don't know. All sorts of things from my childhood. I, I don't like hugging. I do love hugging people I'm very close to. I do love hugging in a sexual relationship. So I have a gate, right? I don't want to hug the random person. I have a boundary around hugging the random person I don't know. But the gate is open for family members. The gate is open for people I'm dating. The p- gate is open for people I'm very close to. So it's good to have a gate. But people will find that gate and shake it. So it is important to to reinforce that gate. So in your childhood, you may have had a parent that just threw that gate open and that gate stayed open, right? Because your parents, when you're a child, you, if your parents don't, or the people in your home don't respect your boundaries, then you don't get to have boundaries, right? Because you're too small and you're not able to make consequences for people pushing past your boundary. So that gate stays open. And if you have a fence with an open gate, what is the point of having the fence? So at some point you just start dismantling your fence because you can't keep your gate closed. And then you grow up. And even when you could keep that gate closed, right, as a teenager in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, even when you can make consequences for people pushing through the gate, pushing through your boundaries. You don't because you didn't learn it as a child. So now you don't even have a fence. Everybody just walks through. So most of us don't even know how to build the fence because we haven't had one in years, decades maybe. People pleasers, right? The only way I'm going to get my needs met is to make other people happy. Because I don't even have a fence anymore. So that is a really important thing to look at in your boundaries. There is the other extreme as well. Um, The classic example is sort of like a military parent, right? Where there are boundaries for everything. Everything is black and white. There are no fences. Everything is a um, a fence. I am definitely one of those people who um, didn't know how to make healthy and proper boundaries. So I made boundaries out of fear and out of anger. So I made a boundary and then I didn't know how to just simply have the boundary and support it myself. So I electrified it and set it on fire. You crossed my boundary and man, you were going to hear about it. When I was little, I was going to punch you. If you went past my boundary as an adult, I'm going to scream at you. I'm going to put you down. I was going to make you feel guilty and shame. I was going to say horrible things because you went past my boundary. You pushed open that gate and man, you were going to hear about it with force, whatever force that looked like. A lot of us know people like that too. If you knew me younger, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It took me a long time to be able to build those healthy boundaries. So with the time we have left, I want to 
as I said, this is sort of an introduction, right, to boundaries. We will get more into these discussions about boundaries as we go. It's such a huge topic. I just wanted to get you to start thinking about about society's ideas of boundaries and about your childhood around boundaries because that's where it started, right? When you think about your parents and boundaries and respect for you and siblings' respect for you growing up. The uh, But the other one to get started with making boundaries. And even if you're that person, the extreme, right? Uh, the way I used to be of you make too many boundaries, right? This, this is good help for both. The first thing to do when it comes to deciding you're going to either make boundaries for the first time, you're somebody who no longer has a fence or you've electrified your fence like me, is to sit and listen to the voice that needs boundaries, the voice that really wants something. And this is where we talk about keeping your word to yourself. There will be, we will have another um, podcast about boundaries with other people, but what are your boundaries to yourself? Commitments you make to yourself. What are they? What are they that you really, really want? And I challenge you to listen to the voice that whispers in your head, not the voice that screams. And we will talk a lot about this if you're in my membership. We're going to have a whole month talking about listening to that inner voice versus the critic, the um, ego, the voice in your head that screams at you all day. So this is something that you guys will get a, um, get more, more uh, teaching on. But to get everybody else started, your ego yells and your heart whispers. Or you could say your inner self whispers. It's that sort of aligned voice. It's that that voice when you hear it, it's cool and calm and soft versus the voice that screams in your head all day, the one that tells you you suck, you're doing it wrong, you're a fuck up, that person's skinnier, that person's better, you'll never amount to anything, you are a failure, this person is scary, your anxiety is the only thing that will keep you safe and on and on and on, and it goes 24 hours a day. If you want to um, learn more about the ego and the voice that screams in your head and how not to listen to it, I, um, Ashana, I hope we'll be able to put this in the notes, but I could not recommend more the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Fucking phenomenal. The most life-changing book that I have ever read. Tiny book, small, easy to read, easy to get through. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. He goes really beautifully into this on the first damn page. He's going into this and it's all starting to like click immediately. It's sort of a cheater book for me. It's a book that I know I can just recommend to clients and they will come back and be like, we need to talk about this book. My mind is blown. So he's a great one for that. But to get you started in that, really take time away from everybody else to sit with yourself, whether you decide to go on a walk, journal about it, write about it, meditate about it, however is best for you, sit in the bathtub alone um, and think about it. Really start figuring out how to hone in on that voice that whispers to you which is a lot of what meditation is, right? It's about hearing. Uh, meditation truly is just about being able to not listen to the voice in your head that screams all the time and really block that out so that you can hear the whisper, so that you can hear that smaller voice inside that's really, really you. 
right? For me, it was, when we go back to the hugging thing, um, the voice that screams in my head says, everybody hugs. The other person wants a hug. It's awkward if you don't hug them. You're going to make them feel weird if you don't hug them because they're reaching for a hug. Society, everybody hugs. To be a nice person, you have to hug. To be a good person, to not make everybody else feel bad. You look like a weirdo if you don't hug people. People will think you have some sort of problem, right? This is that ego voice over and over. And I had to really sit and get very quiet and listen to that smaller voice inside that just said, I don't want to do it. It's okay that I don't want to hug every person I meet. And sure, it may be because I have unresolved issues or I have unresolved trauma, and that is fine because that's where I am right now. And that gets to be okay. And once I got really quiet with that voice, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a boundary around this. So you have to start with finding that voice. And it is easier said than done. Let me tell you, it is something that takes a lot of practice, but I will give you a a really good way to start. The ego lives in your head. The ego is that voice in your head. So if you can identify that voice in The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, he talks about it as like a roommate, like a really like an asshole roommate that lives with you. But if you can identify that voice, does it sound like your mother? Does it sound like an angry ex-boyfriend? Does it sound like uh, your brother? Uh, Is it high-pitched? Is it low-pitched? If you can really start to identify that voice, then it's easier to identify the voice that isn't it. Does that make sense? Most of us think the yelling in our head is us. It's not. We are that gut, right? We are that heart. We are that whispering voice. We are that one where, you know, you're going down the street and just something says in you, turn the other direction. And as you do, a car comes craning down and you would have gotten hit, right? That's that other voice. When you just break up with a guy and you don't know why, but just something in you says, no, this isn't the right right relationship for you. Then you find out way later that he's cheating on you. You're like, God, I knew it. That voice knew it. What does that voice feel like? Where does that voice live in your body? It's a great one I do with my clients all the time in the beginning so that you can identify that true you. And we will get into this in another podcast. And like I said, the membership will go deep into this. We're going to spend a whole month on this. But for starters, where does that live? That quieter voice. What does it sound like? What does it feel like in your body? Does it live in your arms? Does it live in your chest? Does it live in your tummy? This is something you can start even talking to young kids about, right? What does it feel like? Does it feel warm in your body? Is it a tingling? Is it um, a glitter feeling that spreads throughout your body? Is it a heavy feeling? Is it a light feeling? It is easier to tap into that inner voice quickly if you know what it feels like. So you want to know what that ego voice that screams at you all the time that's just trying to keep you safe and usually isn't, um, which we will also go into in another podcast, but that you want to be able to identify that ego voice and then identify where in your body that other voice lives and what it feels like, because then it's easier to tune into that voice. And when you sit down to really think about what your boundaries are, what you want your boundaries to be in life. I want you to be able to tap into it quickly so that you can focus on, oh yeah, it lives in my chest and it's a warm feeling so that you can access that quickly by having that warm, calling up that warm feeling and um, in 
concentrating on the center of your chest. It helps you then focus on that inner voice that has all the right answers for you, that knows exactly what it wants its boundaries to be, that remembers what your boundaries should have been as a child. For me, because I went the other way with everything was a boundary and I electrified every fence, that was my ego doing that, right? That was my ego that was living in fear, that was setting everything ablaze and saying, I will destroy you if you come past my boundaries. Those weren't real boundaries. Those were fear boundaries because I was listening to the ego making those boundaries because it was afraid instead of listening to that inner voice that is never afraid. So... A lot to think about, a lot to process in this first podcast. I hope that helped. I hope that you got to start thinking about things in a new way. Um, we don't remember everything when we have huge podcasts, if we have read huge books. We don't remember everything that we learned. So that's why I try to, um, I mean, I didn't keep it short this time, so sorry about that. But I wanted to just give you two things to really start working on, uh, bite-sized pieces that you can start uh, as soon as you finish this podcast. One is to really think about your childhood and what boundaries looked like there and then to start tuning into that inner voice so that you can start figuring out what are the best boundaries for you. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. So there you have it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and follow me at Coach Rochelle Indra on TikTok and Instagram.